are you talking about? Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's wrong. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English, motherfucker, do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my shit together, that's my shit together. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. So that's, that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Lord Oak Big Stacks and Jacks, I'm Tim Al. Matt Byrne on the board. Greg Papp is in the studio. SP Futures down 26. NASDAQ Futures down 63. That guy's willing to give us a full report on football. That's uh, right. Uh, SP Futures <laughs> down 26. NASDAQ Futures down 65. Let me see. I have on my page here a sea of red. Although AMC up 9 cents. I don't think AMC is a huge holder for people. We have the VIX. Uh, is up. Uh, God, the VIX is 32.40, Greg. Ouch. 32.40 yeah. and rising. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got uh, uh, the U.S. dollar is up. Alibaba's up. I don't know if you got any Alibaba, but I think everything else is uh, is down here. Uh, our man, uh, we had our first uh, Stacks and Jacks, well, in a while, our first Stacks and Jacks on Thursday. Colin gave us the four four picks to click and bet your money on for the weekend. Uh Picking, picking football is a lot like uh, picking the market. You have a real lot of knowledge, but you can't really equate so much the knowledge versus the stock on which way you think it's going to go, right? You mean people still can't tell the future? Is um, that what? It's, it appears that way. I mean, huh. uh, some can tell it better than others in the short term if you're privy to all the government information that is sort of uh, whipping the market around for the last however many years. But You need to uh, go back to the future. So Colin had... Uh, since what's his name, Mike, or is it Mike Tomlin? Yeah, yeah. had won it. He had covered an eighty percent of his away games to spread on the road. He almost won, so he lost that one. However, he he was all over the Notre Dame uh, uh, North Carolina game on the over because North Carolina does have no defense. Over was fifty five. I think the total was like seventy something. So he, he won that one going away. He had uh, take the he had take the uh, Buffalo in six points. Miami was was wild. They beat Buffalo after yeah. Buffalo was a juggernaut, but very close game. And Tua was concussed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was all sorts of uh, messed up after that hit. Yeah, he bounced his head. Ouch. And then uh, uh, last night he had uh, we had uh, San Francisco <clears throat> as a winner, and I I thought they might win, and they didn't. That was a close game too, but. <laughs> If if you you know good to see the Bears win, uh, good for Bear fans anyway. I'm not you know whatever. Um, but did you watch the Detroit Minnesota game? I I missed that one. I heard it was. Uh, <laughs> I heard that the decision making might have been questionable at the end. Huh? I've I've never, I never I'm sitting going what is this guy doing? The Detroit uh, Detroit is up by three. They have the ball and it's like on the Minnesota, I'll say forty ish right so. It's a 50, ended up being like a 53 or 54 yard kick. There's about a minute 20 left. Detroit coach takes his last time out, which I don't know what the hell he did that for. And I'm sitting there going, 
you you got to punt this ball. <clears throat> you know, get these. Or uh, Minnesota has no timeouts left, right? So, so the, he's got. So he, I'm sitting. I see you got to punt this thing. What, what if you miss? You know, you miss you give him the field position yeah. and and more than a minute on the clock. Yeah, yeah. Even though even with no timeout, so of course the guy push pushes the ball off to the right. So they give Minnesota the with no timeouts left, and the guy like two passes later they're in the end zone. That's the risk they run. I'm saying, what what are you, what are you doing? You know, I, I I just I just I didn't get it. I mean, plus he called the timeout. Uh, you know, then then when they get the ball back, then they got no timeouts. Because <laughs> they scored on like three plays, so he actually had like maybe forty seconds left when he got the ball back, and, and then they had no timeouts. Maybe you need to bring the coach back on to explain that one. I, to you. I just I'm, I'm sitting there going, what is he doing? I said, why, why he needs to pin these guys down with this ball, and just assume they're not going to. Well, I mean, they. I guess they could have gone the length of the field and scored three points, but going ninety yards with a minute on the clock with no timeouts is is a tall order, you know. Pretty much doesn't mean you can't do it, but. Um, it's a lot different than getting and the ball out of forty. Is it's, Detroit's defense? They're okay, right? They're they're decent. Well, they're supposedly all the Bear guys before the game were absolutely convinced Detroit was going to kill Minnesota. That Detroit's back. They all of a sudden they got all these good players and stuff. And but it was pretty close. Yeah. So, I mean, they look kind of very equal in terms of talent. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, but they're still Detroit. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. So okay, we've now talked about it for a second. We've got this. What is it going? What's going on in these currency pits? I mean, this euro dollar or Euro the European dollar versus the U.S. Uh, this is this is a, a move like I've never seen. The pound, what it ducked at 104. This, yeah. Um, if you look at the cash cash trade, they're all over the place, and um, you'd see whole like a six month. They're pricing six months worth of volatility in in like you know, 24 hours or so. So anybody who's short premium in that is probably getting wrecked. Yeah. Um, but it seems to be more of the same in that the dollar keeps rallying against most of all the other currencies. Uh, again, the uh, euro, I think, is down another 60 or 70 pips uh, this morning. Well, here's the... When you, when you watch this, <clears throat> there's something, you know, if you've been listening to the show and, and probably you've been... Well, hopefully not, but you've been bored silly with me talking about this this kind of economics. This is this is basic economics. Now, the new uh, prime minister of uh, Britain has decided she's going to cut. They're doubling down on tax cuts for the rich. She's a she's a Ronald Reaganite. She's a supply sider, and if anybody ever can explain this supply side economics to me, other than voodoo economics, Greg, I, you know I can't. I can, I can take a shot at it. All right, explain it to me. Um, I would say the reason that you haven't seen the growth effects here would be because they're uh, dispersed throughout the world. You'd see um, significant decreases in poverty and significant increases in other GDPs and, and uh, exports because of specifically U.S. dollars going there. And uh, maybe, for ex- example, cheap, cheap uh, exports. No, I'm talking about supply side. The, the Reagan, what did uh, Bush call voodoo economics? Yeah, Art Laffer. Is it essentially, it's a trick. Tax cuts, tax cuts stimulate uh, demand and increase re- government tax receipts because of that increased uh, GDP. Now, 
And I'm going to say that other once than you get below a certain point, it's really hard because when your tax rates go from 60 or whatever down to 20, um, of course, that marginal cut is not going to make as much of a difference. But I'm going to say that hold on that whole mess. Just saying. Yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> there's there's definitely a lot that goes into it. I would I would say trying to predict GDP is similar to trying to predict stock prices, trying to predict you know the future for tax receipts. It's not going to happen. You could have an idea and tell a great story, but it's real tough. Well, if, if you're in a situation, which we used to be in this country, and some of the uh, countries in Eastern Europe still are, I mean, the, the marginal tax rate, uh, <clears throat> at one point here, used to be 90%. Right. And then it got down to 70 And when I was in college, it was, was it 70 or 50? I can't remember. And then Reagan, I think, knocked it down to 50 or whatever. But going along with that were massive amounts of deductions for various stuff. <clears throat> Nobody ever paid. <clears throat> I guess if you did yeah, a bunch of... Yeah, the effective of tax rate was closer to something like 25 or even as recently as I think a couple of years ago, they estimated that it was around 24 for... Well, so the, so the, the story was, if you're at that level, and, the, you know, just go through the... Whenever, whenever you want to, I think, in one man's opinion, whenever you want to think about stuff like this, just walk yourself through the decision tree and see how it would affect you. All right, so... If the if the taxes are seventy percent and you actually had to pay them, and we're going to decide, gee, let's get the three of us, let's let's Matt and Greg and Chief, we're going to go out and buy a, you know, a hamburger restaurant, mm. and let's say, okay, let me get this straight. If if we win, we got to give seventy percent to the government. If we lose, it's on us. Well, that's a crapo deal. Right. right. In theory, it works. Well, I mean, I mean yeah, but now... It's a layup for Art Laffer to say, yeah, if we bring the tax rates down from 75% down to 55%, that we might see an increase in activity and entrepreneurship. Right. That's a layup. But it's not the same situation as it is, say, right now or, or even a couple years ago. You know, going from... 27 to 22 or whatever is a lot different than going from 75 to 55. I, and that's, that's, that's exactly my point. I mean, it's when you're at the extremes, yeah, these things make sense, but it, does it affect our decision making at all if, if, it did, if the number is 30 versus 25? I'm it, saying that. It, it affects in the same way that we can't predict what's coming, what's <laughs> what's coming is in the future we can't predict the future but most likely it's going to have less of an effect yes. assuming all else is held constant which nobody can do but but here's here's the timing of it and, and here's this is the this is the issue that we've had here why why do we have inflation okay um the it comes down to the same stuff all right so let's say for instance <clears throat> laffer is right which he's not well he, he is at 90 but i don't think he is at 30 so so let's assume for a second that you cut this rate from 30 to 20, whatever the hell they're doing. One thing you know for sure, you can actually bank on, is your receipts are going to be less this year. Now whether or not somebody decides, wow, I'm a, I'm a, a, a cheap tax kind of guy. I've got this, pl this plant I was thinking of building, or this, this restaurant I was thinking of building, and I'm going to make a million dollars a year, but I don't want to pay these guys 300000 but you know what? I'll pay him two hundred and fifty. So let's go ahead with the restaurant. I guess there's that guy out there, but you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, 
if you think you got that I big think of a those winner, people are very measured in that they take the the tax um, setup and how you can say, for example, deduct in terms of real estate or depreciate. Yeah, those those are the calculations that go into that. So once that flips in terms of is it going to be uh, profitable, just from that, that's I think when you see the shift into it's it's more the underlying system conditions and tax setup in and rules associated with that, like a an exchange for a building or something where you're selling, you're buying, you, you aren't incurring the tax, but you're set up for a different... In other words, you're, you're weaseling around it. Well, that's the name of the game, at least here yeah. in the U.S. Well, it's a, it's a national sport, but... Right. But I guess what my, my point is, is now why do you have, why do you have inflation? Okay, this year, now you're taking in less money. All right, so you've got a you've got a shortfall, assuming that you were spending every dime before, which every government aren't does. Paying, paying taxes, yeah, they're not paying as much. Gains. So now you've got, right now, what else can I do with this? I can either borrow it, all right, which I'm probably not going to do because I don't want my interest rates going up, or guess what? I can print it, which is what we've been doing for the last. Now, if you sit there and say, "Don't worry," in five or ten years, all this is going to be a, a big to big to do. It's going to be a success. And all of a sudden, five to ten years, I'm going to have this surplus. Okay, if, if you went out and borrowed ten-year money, and now with the surplus, you can turn around and pay that off. If it actually worked, I guess it would be okay. <laughs> but the fact is, it doesn't usually work. I mean, and Reagan is a perfect example. Everybody remembers Dutch's big tax cut. Nobody remembers the tax increase. Was it 18 months later? And Very the weird part of it was, the first one was... Rates coming down for the upper people. I'm not saying they should have. They were too high. But when he put the tax increase in, it was increases in payroll taxes. Right. Not on the same people. Right. It's so, well, they had the same thing, too. Right. <clears throat> so the point to, is, yeah. I mean, even this, this, this ridiculous thing of uh, Biden's, where they're going to they're charge corporations based on the nominal number, all they're going to do is give you the tax number. They're not going to pay on that. Nobody will. I don't see why you would. I just, I just just report less. That isn't that illegal? <laughs> no, I mean, but I'm, what, what, here's what the what the thing that juxtaposes is. If if you know, let's say you have a, you know, Greg's uh, line of McDonald's restaurants or something, and you're gonna you, have, you probably have two sets of books. You're gonna have a tax book where you're depreciating. You know, maybe you're you're uh, all the capital. Well, you're depreciating rapidly, yeah. and on the other stuff, you might be you know depreciating straight line. So your income for for financial purposes is twenty million bucks. Your income for tax purposes is two million bucks. Now the right person, I'm not saying me, could in your annual report can tie those two together. There'll be a note or there's a part of the balance sheet that says reserve for future taxation or something. Because it's a timing issue, correct? Uh I'm I'm not a CPA. I don't know specifically. I know the strategy in general is to depreciate when when you uh, or most likely as soon as you can. Um, well, you can you can do a straight line. Straight you, line. You yeah. Can, yeah, you can use some of the year's digits. Yeah, I remember this yeah, a long time ago. I think that's part of the the complex issues that people have with the tax. Well, the, 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 the big the, the big two big ones are your inventory versus your uh, your depreciation. You use some of the year's digits. You use double declining balance. On the depreciation and on your inventory, 
you can you can use LIFO or FIFO, right? So you can either put like if you're if you're buying coal in the last batch was thirty dollars a ton, and the first batch is one dollar a ton buried in the bottom. You can either say I'm taking the first stuff out first. So if you sell it for forty, that's thirty nine dollars tax on tax, right? If you, if you use LIFO, you're pu- you're pulling out the thirty dollars stuff when you're paying you're paying uh, ten bucks. Right, right, and as long as you're consistent, you yeah, can do that. You can do that. So, the the point is, you you can have two sets of books. So, what Biden's thing is telling you, you got to pay a minimum tax on what you report. Well, your fallback position always is to just report your tax stuff. I think I'm not a tax guy. So, I'm saying in in the end, they're going to spend this money, in the the in the the give back to make it even is that over the next 10 years, let's say they're right, that over the next 10 years, you're going to get this money back. But still, there's a timing issue. Now, the timing issue is... Well, there's we, all sorts of assumptions and, yeah. again, predicting the future that they think is going to happen. And if you can predict the future a year out, you know, great. If you... 10 years, I'd say, you know, good luck. But having that... Um, that those assumptions built in are just another guess, just like... Uh, just like someone would be doing, uh, predicting their top line revenue, there's nothing special about it. It's well, but there is. It's special that in, in the mean, in the meantime, <clears throat> if you if you go out and get, uh, if you borrow the money, all right. At least now you're not affecting the money in the system. But clearly, the market right now is thinking that the bank of, the Bank of England is going to print this money. And that's why the pound is falling versus the dollar, because allegedly the Fed here is now riding herd on the money. Yeah. And over there, they're not. So one compared to the other, if you're pouring pounds into the system to pay for the tax break you just gave your buddies, well, and one side you're not. Ways, right? Well, then if we're pulling it out and they're pulling it in, there's there's no way. I mean, there's no doubt that what's happening is the dollar's going up and the pound's going down. This is my whole point. Yeah, and that's why over the past maybe three or four days you've seen a dollar go to 96 you know four yeah. percent move which is usually what they price in for eight months or a year and it happens in four days but that's what happens when you kind of play with fire i mean assuming that you can uh print money that means that you don't exactly have to increase uh taxes and or reduce spending because when you but then you get infl- then you get inflation uh, possibly uh, probably all the time. Well, we're increasing spending. We're <laughs> our dollars going crazy. Well, relatively, right? Relatively. So it matters what's going on throughout the system. But there, what if you don't decrease spending and you don't increase tax receipts, um, you have to pretty much assuming the system is going to be stable. You have to print away or inflate away the right the um, excess. <coughs> But our, but our guys are saying well, we're from, so we're now it's the world's worst, the world's worst situation, because if a year or two ago, if you would have told anybody on TV, you know Rick Santelli or somebody, hey the the, the dollar is going down. In my opinion, dollar was going down in relation to everything else, <laughs> used cars, stock, you name it. That's what that's what creates inflation. And Santelli would say, of course he understands what I'm talking about, but he would say, what do you mean? We're not going down com- compared to the the uh, euro or to the pound. Well, because all those central banks are doing the same thing. 
But now it appears that we're reeling ours in. The cleanest, dirty shirt. Yeah. We're, we're now the destination for capital because um, the other people or the other countries and central banks aren't stewards of their own currencies. Right. And, and the interesting part, if you're trading this stuff, when you have a stack, oh God, oh God, don't let me get on this road too far. When you, if you, if you're trading an individual stack, and we've ever heard of, I mean, we've heard of the, you know, the volatility on the individual stack and so forth. But depending on the volatility, the, oh God, the the delta is a lot different. If you've got a stack that never moves, AT and T. Yeah, you're. You know, it's say it's trade. AT and T's volatility is significantly different than Tesla's right. because Tesla, uh, <laughs> Tesla, they're pricing in I don't know sixty percent moves, and AT and T they're pricing in twenty percent moves. Right. Just because AT and T is much more predictable, so you're much more likely to get paid for your Tesla stock because it's all over the place, um, rather than AT and T because that's much more predictable in terms of cash flows and. And but if, if you're the option guy, and we only got a few minutes, I'm not going to dig into this too much. Um, if you're the option guy, if you've got, let's say, for instance, you're trading uh, Nvidia. Well, Nvidia, the volatility is high. Okay, so if if you tra- if things trade in 124, so say you're short the 125 calls, the delta on those things might be, uh, you know, 45 or something. So if you go out a month, what is it? The the delta is going to be. 55 or, or I mean the volatility is going to be around I think 55 yeah so your delta so, on those things is 45 so which means for every dollar moving in NVIDIA those things are going to move 45 cents but if NVIDIA goes up 2 bucks the delta might only move to 55 well to make it even simpler um, NVIDIA say 55 volatility meaning it could move 55% in the next year up yeah. or down yes. uh, AT&T would be closer to 20% Meaning it would only move 20, 20% up or down in the next, you know, uh, however long time period. So that's that's the difference between collecting premium and or paying for options in different stocks with volatilities that are. Well, in your currencies, they move so rarely. If a currency moves two bucks, your option you thought was 50 delta is now going to be 100. Right. And the so currencies yeah. have their own volatilities, and, and they would probably, in general, I think, if they're a major currency, be about a third to a fourth of what the uh, the stock prices are. Right. So if your stock price, or if your stocks move around, say, for example, the S&P 30% a year, up or, or down, your currency could, it, if it moved that much, you know, people would rebel. But right now... Um, it seems to be moving about a third of what the stocks are, and that makes sense because currencies are much more. But if you were short, say the one eleven puts when the pound was one thirteen, those things are moving dollar for dollar now with the with the currency because of the curvature and the yes, yeah. Which I think with an Nvidia, it wouldn't be deep in the money. Yeah, now. now you're deep in the money. Right. So people who are short premium in the high volatility stuff, sure they get paid a lot more. But in general, a lot more capital is at risk. So that's the rub with that. I would like to think of those as kind of insurance. You can either buy insurance or sell insurance. Yep, that's exactly what it is. And if you are selling insurance, you better have the cash to back it up because um, you, <laughs> you're you going to get delivered, say, a couple thousand shares of stock. And if you can't buy it, well, that's that's a you problem. You're going to lose even more money. Right. So what the, 
the other stuff, all the oil, all this other stuff's going down too. Is every what's the carnage like? I mean, are people getting nailed? They must be. Everything's down. So, Gold, everything's down. So margin, margin dominates, and if you say you're if you've got um, a certain amount in your account, and then the product underlying moves four percent or something, <laughs> you've you've got a five thousand per or a however many per contract loss and you need to put up more margin or just bail out of the position so that compounds swings in these futures that are not heavily liquid like currencies not heavily liquid like bonds i think there's some bailing going it, right right it's got to be some on the stock side so for sure not not only do you have the recession concerns and all the other stuff that's normal for to supply and demand to move the stuff around but now you have market moves that are larger than in general what the expected moves are again like we were talking about volatility they're larger than that so people who don't have as much capital in their accounts are getting forced out because the margins are are going up you know your your moves are bigger it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy type cycle and until those expected moves get priced uh, more in line to where uh, we the moves then you have yeah it's it's a uh, I mean, we need we need a, 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 a even a bear market rally here pretty soon. We're having moves that are priced for say three or four months in three or four days. Yes. So SP futures down twenty four, Nasdaq futures down sixty. Be right back, stacks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day -day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. 
I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Support the Stocks and Jocks team. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, and Chief's favorite, the Stocks and Jocks ladies thong, all available at our online store. Just go to StocksandJocks.com and click the link to order any amount of great Stocks and Jocks merchandise for yourself and any other Stocks and Jocks listener in your life. The prices are affordable and the selection is out of the park. The Stocks and Jocks online store at StocksandJocks.com. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Lower Mopex, right Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down 22. NASDAQ Futures down 53. Dow Futures down 187. Actually, Donald, we've rallied during the break. They were down 202. Uh, yeah, we've been down pretty much all morning. Uh... Not so, not so much in Europe, though. DAX on down 11.1%. Uh, However, the FTSE is down 57.8. Kakaron's actually up a buck, so call that flat. It's weird. Uh, Bonds, 10-year up 10 basis points, 3.8. 3. Wow. Uh, the Bund up 8 basis points, 2.12. Japan up 1 basis point to 2.25, uh, which they pretty much are all the time. Friday, we were down 46 in the Dow. We were down like 7-something. Came back on the close. SP Futures were down 64. I think we were down like 90 at one point. Uh, NASDAQ, we might have even been down 100. NASDAQ down 198. Again, they came back as well, but it's still up. It's 1.8%. So it was an ugly day. Just not as ugly as it was midday. For Asia, we got the Nikkei down 722, 2.7%. Shanghai down 37, 1.2. Hang Seng down 78.5%. Korea's down uh, 3%. All this stuff is uh, not doing so hot. The, the Korea is the Kospi, K-O-S-P-I, down 69 points. It's 3.02 percent. Oil we get down 80 cents, 77.94. Nobody wants anything. Brent down 91 cents, 85.21. Natural gas down 22 cents, 6.60. This was 9.10. I'm going to say three weeks ago. Arbob down three cents, 2.35. Gold nobody wants gold either. Down 8.70, 16.46. Silver down 28 cents, 18.63. Copper down three cents, 3.31. We've got Bitcoin. Only down 80 bucks, 18,848. 18, uh, still, it's under at 19, where it's in wobbly range. But the big story of the day is the euro. The euro is uh, down 46 to 96, mm. and, and the British pound is down to 108, which I think is a God knows how many year low that is, as they've doubled down and lowering taxes for the people that put me in office. 
Strange world where they name <laughs> these guys never forget their their stuff. They they reward the same people. Never changes no matter what the world looks like. Matt, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? Hey, good morning. Currently 6.37 a.m. on Monday, September 26, 2022. Uh, for traffic in Chicago, traffic normal this morning, building on both sides of the Eisenhower, Kennedy, and Dan Ryan. Uh, north on the Stevenson, though, we have an accident. Uh, rolled over a dump truck at Cicero Avenue, causing delays back to Route 151. What was in the truck? We do not know yet. I would uh. assume it's gravel of some kind. Well, ho- hopefully nothing at least. Hopefully nothing. Uh, but we'll keep you updated as we get more information. Uh, weather in Chicago, clear skies currently, a little chilly this morning at 50 degrees, yikes. A high of 66 and a low of 49. Falls definitely here and making itself known. Uh, Phoenix, mostly cloudy skies, currently 76 degrees, a high of 104, I can only dream, and a low of 76. Now for sports, uh, in the MLB on Sunday, Cubs beat Pittsburgh Pirates 8-2-3. White Sox lose to Detroit Tigers 4-1. The Diamondbacks up against San Francisco Giants end up losing 2-2-3. Yesterday, though, in the NFL, Sunday football, Packers played Buccaneers and won 14-12. Cardinals beat L.A. Rams 20-12. And the Bears, surprising many with a win against the Texans, uh, tied by the end of the third quarter at 20-20. Fourth quarter, though, uh, Roquan Smith's uh, interception uh, set up uh, Cairo Santos' successful field goal, uh, getting the Bears their win of 23-20. Bears currently at two wins to one loss this 2022 season. That wraps up the third week of the NFL season. All for now, Chief. Wait back a minute, to you. you got a game tonight. Who we got tonight? Monday night game. I don't know who's playing. I think uh, Dallas is playing uh, somebody, somebody. Here, we'll get it for you real yeah, quick. Yeah, I think Dallas is playing somebody. Someone. It's Yeah, I saw that real quick. It might have been... Let's see here. Ah. Uh, should be... You'll find it. We'll find it. Anyway, back to you, Chief. Um, We have Mr. Flanagan. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm good, and you? All right, what, what's good about it? Markets and the crap? Yeah, I'm supposed to qualify that. Man, this is going to be an interesting day. Well, actually, we're coming, we're coming back a little bit, yeah. Hey, uh, I'm, I, God, I shouldn't do this. What, what has got me focused on this? Um, savings per family on Friday was 7,400 hours. Now it's 7,324. It's like, it's like 40, 50 bucks a day every day. Oh, well, you know, but this is headed, Tom. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it's really uh, kind of scary. I was, uh, I was thinking yesterday that I should, you know, I, I should torture you this morning like I did just did poor Greg. Once in a while, um, I think I have to, I have to do it, John, because it's, uh, you know, we're, we're a different show than others, and every once in a while we gotta, I guess, show that. And I was just kind of regaling people. Did you have any idea what the hell I was talking about when I was talking about volatility and curvature and change of rate of change of deltas and stuff? Yeah, not like you do, but you know, I got the point. All right, well, that's good. That's why I wasn't too far afield. Um, <laughs> if you make it work for me, time you're doing it okay. <laughs> well, it, it has to do with it's, it's a sec- essentially the second river of the curve. It's the rate of change of delta, right? Um, which is which is a whole different program than just the delta, and it has to do with the volatility. If you don't know the formula, or at least not worked with it, you don't you don't quite get it. But anywho, enough of that. Um, what I was going to talk about is that the, you know, what what is with this, the psychology of, of sort of investing and why why it is that uh, it's somewhat similar to gambling in some ways, but but not really. You know, it's a, it's the same but different, if that makes any sense. In the last two, three years, I've had myriad conversations with friends, relatives, I mean, you name it, 
uh, and, and customers and would-be customers about the markets and about uh, you know what's happening now or what are the chances of what's happening now happening and and, and I don't quite understand there's some some psychology Jen with people that that they I don't know what it is. It's almost like if you went to, out to Vegas and you won 10 hens of blackjack in a row, you might say, well, this is an anomaly. I'm not going to win the next 10. Maybe I should get my fanny out of here. But nobody does. It's almost like you, f- it's almost like you feel that you owe the place something because you made too much or something. You, yeah. I have to stick in here. I've got to give half of it back. Cause God, it shouldn't have been that easy. Or I feel sorry for the place. I'm <laughs> I feel sorry for the... The casino. I mean, well, yeah, you'll start for the other gamblers who aren't having your success too. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a, a tremendous kind of there is a guilt factor attached to it. It's, it's an interesting concept, but I don't think it gets talked about very much. Well, there's also you know, there was a movie scene, and uh, I've actually actually seen a couple of craps. I'm not a big craps guy, but plus I haven't been to Vegas in years. But uh, um, I'm not a big crap. But there, there's a <laughs> There's almost like a, a, a mental telepathy thing that people sort of ascribe to it. There, there was a movie, and somebody, some some lady is is near the dice, and she is on a roll, and I mean roll, and everybody's making all this dough, and all of a sudden, some young in the, in the old days, you might say a bim, <laughs> walks up, and, and everybody's betting the pass line, of course. You know what the pass line is? Nah. Pass line is pass line is you're betting with the with the roller. Huh. Okay. So on your initial throw, it's what is it, uh, John? Two, three, th- two, three, twelve. You lose, right? Seven, hmm. eleven. You win, and the rest of them become your points. Then you keep yeah. throwing. Say, say an eight turns up. That's now your point. And then the, the roller keeps rolling. If they roll a seven first, you lose. If they roll the eight, you get your your odds, which I believe on an eight is six to five. So everybody's got the pass line going, and it's going crazy. And all of a sudden, this. Lady walks up and puts like five dollars on the don't pass line. Because if you want, Matt, you can bet with the house. The yeah. difference is, I believe the difference is if it, under what I say in the first roll, it's two, three, twelve. You lose. Well, if if, if the twelve comes up, it's a push and not a not a, a loss if you're on the other side. So it essentially flips the odds from very slightly against you, or with you, like if you were the house, to very slightly against you, like if it was the pass line. So the idea is, as soon as this lady puts her five hours down, the whole pl- the whole thing panics, and sure enough, the lady throws the seven and craps out. You know, there's like a, mm-hmm. there's almost like a, a, a mentality to it that you can actually jinx the world by your thoughts. And I don't, you know, <laughs> there been, I'm just lobbing this out there, Jack, because I really don't understand. Normally, in a, in, a, in a, if we ever got a regular world, which is very very rare, certainly in my lifetime, because it have fed. Too much money, too little money, too much money, too little money. This is what we've been going on for, for really since I started. Well, I didn't start in 1968, but that's kind of when it started. Uh, because the, the Fed has been the central figure in market moves. In addition to companies getting bigger and making more money and all that stuff. That, that's all part of it in the background. But that really shouldn't be the background. That should be the foreground. Right. In one man's opinion. But once in a while, once in a real long time, you get this incredible aberration. Like when I started, and the interest rates were, you know, 12, 13, 14%, and the Dow was like 800, that's an aberration. I mean, interest rates can't stay there, or else you've got serious issues, which we already had, by the way, but even more serious issues. Somewhere along the line, that, that has to change. You don't know when, or you don't know who's going to do it, but whatever, it, 
you, you can't stay there. And the stocks that had somehow weathered the storm and were making that much money, even though they were very depressed, the companies were good companies. I mean, if, if you were still in business in, in 1981, you were doing something right. I mean, you remember that. Oh, sure. And, uh, true. So, I mean, but still, you could, you, could, you could buy these things all day long, and they never went up. They never went up. And it was like, God, this is getting... Even I got tired of being long. Even I, I, well, of course, I have very much money. When I opened my account, I put ten grand in it. That's not much for a trading account. But someday you knew it was going to happen. It didn't happen for a year and a half. So I was like really early. I was really everything. But now this last bit, and, and along the way, I think since 2000 really, but really since 2008, the Fed has thrown some money into the economy more than it should have. And that inflation has gone into asset prices and one of the stock prices there's been some years we've been up 15%, 16%. John, it's too much. I mean, why, why would a market be up, you know? I mean, it, it, we were not growing that fast. We just aren't. It was, but the money was coming. But now the last two and a half years in this COVID, market's up 35 40% as the Fed has put that kind of money into the system. Now, I know because I was around when it was the other way that this, this is an aberration. I mean, maybe we could hang there and grow into it. I mean, what... How it all plays out is, is uh, I mean, I'm not smart enough to predict. But I do know that it's an aberration. And the idea that, that your money manager made you that money or you were smart enough to pick all those stocks and they just happened to go up, I mean, g- get a life. <laughs> you know, I mean, look in the mirror, for God's sake. The, the thing was up because the Fed poured money into the system. Duh. That doesn't mean that you didn't pick a stock that was up 70 versus 20 and didn't do a good job. I'm not, I'm not criticizing what you're doing. My point is, whatever this is, it's not something you would expect to have happen two or three more times over the next chunks of four years or two and a half years. Yet everybody I talked to, I said, you know, don't you think that this is a, you know, this is a little too far too fast that maybe you want to take a little off the table? You could just see people, remember when you were a kid, you'd put your hand over your ears and your mother was talking to you, and you'd go, uh, <laughs> so you couldn't hear her. You know, that's exactly what I'd feel, and I'd, and I'd change the subject. They, they absolutely, by the way, who's managing your money? Well, I got, got Joe. My dad's known him for years. He's in Indianapolis or someplace, or he's in, you know, whatever, Akron. He's the best. Well, what does he do? Well, he buys stacks. Well, okay, stacks are all up. Even, I mean, but now what's he going to do? Does he ever have an, uh, an ability to either go to cash if he feels they're too high, or can he buy some put insurance? Can he do something? Oh, no, he's just all in. That's what he does. But he gets the best stocks. Oh, by the way, great dividends, great, great management. I said, yeah, but the whole market's up 40%. The, the man, I mean, he may have picked the stocks that were up 50 or 60, and if he did, my hat's off to him. But by and large, the rally is not his fault. I mean, right, Jen? Right. You, you couldn't get anybody. It's almost like if they threw any kind of a, a negative thing in there, well, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe tomorrow I'll go to it. Then you get the, where else am I going to put it? And I said, well, if the market goes down, it doesn't matter where you put it, under the mattress. Then it's... And then the, the fatal, the fatal one is, but then I got to pay taxes. So there's these, these excuses pile up. I'm going to insult my manager. I got no place else to put it. And oh, by the way, I got to pay taxes. It's it's three strikes and every conceivable argument you can make against it. Not, I knew I was I knew that there was no chance, no point in even talking to these people in terms of helping them out because they 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 were blinded to it, blinded to it. People with NVIDIA, I've seen, I've got people that I know, some of my clients, I've seen them, I've watched this thing go down from 300 and something with them. What are you going to do? Is it too much of your money is in NVIDIA. 
Yep, good stock. Kramer loves it. You know, blah, blah. It'll come back. I'd give a guy a ride home Friday night. I said, what about NVIDIA? What do you mean they make the best chips? I know they make the best chips, but it doesn't mean the stock is priced properly in case, you know, if the world goes into a recession. Yeah, but they make these great chips. Okay, then. So why not? Why shouldn't it be $4,000? Well, come on. What are you being ridiculous? No, tell me where it should be. I mean, just because a company is a good company has nothing to do with where the market has it. It could be too low. It could be too high. It could be a great buy. It could be a good sell. I, I don't, I'm, I'm stunned, Janet, people are watching this just go down. And I'm not saying you should get out today or whatever. I'm saying when it was up 35%, 40%, why didn't even the smartest person say, or the dumbest person say, you know, boy, this is, I don't normally make 35 or 40% in two and a half years, especially when the economy's in the crap all and the government, and the, you know, I mean, does anybody really think we grew during the, during the COVID time? Well, you know, the aberration you, you, you talk about, and it certainly is an aberration, and it goes back a long time since other investment opportunities really dried up for people. I mean, the, the typical investor who didn't have the stock portfolio didn't miss having a stock portfolio because they had, you know, dependable instruments. They had certificates of deposit. They had, you know, passbook accounts that they, they grew steadily. They, didn't, they never worried about it. They never expected to make more than that. They were perfectly happy to get that return. It was enough for them to kind of plan a nest egg. And they, they didn't look for other options. They, they really had no, no curiosity about them because they were perfectly okay. Where are those opportunities now for anybody? Well, I, There's nothing like that. And, and it's driven people into uh, you know, stocks as a way of, of making up for what, what you don't have the option for in any other opportunity. And what's that done? What that's done is just you know cracked everything up so high, and it hasn't translated into greater productivity or efficiency or business development really or anything else. It's, it's just kind of a, a screwy situation now, where yeah, there's money to be made, but but there's nothing propping the whole thing up. It's, it's, it's sustainable, really. Well, you it, it almost gets into I mean, if you're managing money for somebody, I mean, like I do, and say you know you're my parents were were still alive, John, they'd be 90-ish. So if they came in with a chunk of money, I don't don't say to them, gee, Mr. Flanagan, uh, I I wouldn't call you Mr. Flanagan, I'd call your dad Mr. Flanagan. When somebody says to me Mr. Howard, I turn around and say, is my dad around me? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so I don't get to say to him, in my opinion, gee, you're 90, you're you're living off this money, Let's do whatever we can for you, maybe with a, a real, well, if there is such a thing, safe dividend stacks or something, or, or are we just going to have to roll with the money we're getting in the bank, which is nothing. I can't, I can't change, the market can't change your dad's risk curve. I can't, I can't put him in NVIDIA just because he's not making anything in the bank. He just can't do that at that age when he's never going to make another dime. And there's been people on TV saying years ago, Joe Kernan, you just got to, the, the Fed is telling people you got to go further out on the risk curve. That's not the, that's not the Fed's job to tell a 90-year-old no. that he's got he's to put money in NVIDIA or, or God knows what. I mean, th- those people should be able to make two, two and a half, well, at least two, two and a half, three percent in the bank just by giving their money to somebody else. should be more like three and a half. But the idea that they make nothing, that's crazy, Johnny. All you do is screw people up and, and drive prices up. And now, now that it's coming down, I don't know. I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm on this rampage this morning because I started out with. I mean, when you when you start talking about returns, you got to look at the mathematical part of it. When I started, there were guys that used uh, 
game theory on stocks. They get a load of this. Now remember, then guys start shifted to chaos theory. That market returns had to do with an atom if it exploded, because that's total chaos. Evidently, you never know which way the atom's going to blow when it blows. Uh, I don't know much about physics, but so you went from game theory to chaos theory. But you're right. What what do you do with somebody that's and, and this has been a problem for really the last few years because I have a lot of older clients or people who talk to me. Some of them, a lot of them don't become clients from what I tell them. I say, you know, I, I can't change the laws of physics. I mean, at your age, I can't put you in a market this overvalued in the riskiest stocks out there. I just can't do it. If you want me to, I can do it. And I got to have some puts. Oh no, we don't want to. We don't want to protect anything. The market's just going up. And I, I think I've lost a lot of clients that way. But John, you just can't change it. And as to why they never had any kind of an alternate plan, where two percent, two and a half percent, whatever, three, something. I mean, why the Fed did that to them? I have no idea. Not just to them, but to everybody. How many? How many even young people have a, you know a five or ten thousand dollar account in the bank and should be making you know ten bucks a month? Doesn't sound like much, but across all the young people in the country, it's a lot. Right, and then you compound it and it's yeah. steady, and it, you know, it, it occasionally goes up a little bit. You're you're okay. You know, that's, this is this is the way people saw, and this I think explains to a great extent why things stayed on as even a keel as they did, even after the, the boom period following World War II, where housing prices didn't double, you know, salaries didn't double, things we did, you know, we prospered, and there was inflation, but, but there was so much productivity and so many ways that people could, could live on what they had and didn't have to stretch or, or take risks that, that they never would have taken in, in other times. We've been so far out from those times now. I don't even know what equilibrium would look like now, do you? I, no. I can't imagine how we're ever going to get back to a place where, where stocks valuation is it commensurate with, with what's really going on in terms of these companies' ability to produce and, and what, what investors are willing to accept as risk. And what people have as other alternatives. And until we get some kind of change in the system, and it will be un- unrecognizable at this point because we've gotten so used to, to this crazy way, I don't know if people are really prepared for what, what it would look like. It wouldn't be pretty at first, and, and maybe for a very long time, because we've, we've just gotten used to a, a very sloppy way of doing things. Well, it's not, it's not sloppy if you're a bank. You're getting money no, for free. No. And, you're, 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 you don't, and you, what else can you do? Is. Yeah, but I mean, you're getting money for free, and, and you're... You're letting out the people on credit cards at sixteen percent. That, that's that's not sloppy if you're a bank. But people, have, you know, this is now built into their system, and you get another credit card when yeah. one gets maxed out, or you declare bankruptcy. Or, you know, this kind of option was never even considered sixty, seventy years ago. People were were never in, in a position to do that kind of damage to themselves. Well, I, and I, even even people who weren't good with money couldn't hurt themselves. Well, mo- most people, I'm going to say, boy, most people, there's a, I'm going to say that most people, when you look at the credit card, the interest rate on the credit card, you're going to say, I don't I don't really care what it is because I'm never going to borrow the dumb. It's going to pay at the end of the month. But now you could be the, the girl downstairs in, in the bar uh, in, whose bulldog um, got operated on for stomach cancer. Uh, and I don't think it's you know I'm, I'm no vet surgeon. It's not like it's not a big deal. It is, but twelve thousand bucks. Wow, uh, that's a number. Yeah. <laughs> now that now that that's going to go on somebody's credit card. I'm going to say 
I will, I'll, I'll, I'll bet you a beer if you ever show up somewhere, Jen. She didn't have twelve thousand dollars in her bank account. Just write that check. That'll be well, my bet. Unfortunately, the, the the dog will be a distant memory by the time that gets paid off. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, as a matter of fact. Uh, get a load of this. Talk about personal interest story. Girl who lives downstairs in my building. I'm getting these uh, texts. Are you home? Why? <laughs> One of those. <laughs> well, need to talk to you. I'm thinking. Oh God, I hope she's not moving. Uh, because she's very nice. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, it's like 11. I'm about ready to go to bed. She, of course, she's got a whole different program. She's a waitress at a really nice restaurant, so her, her night's beginning when I'm going to bed. Uh, which, is, you know, nothing wrong with that. She, it's just a different different deal in a city like this. And uh, so all of a sudden, the next day, are you home now? Uh, no. <laughs> I go, okay, well, what's going on? Well, you know, I, you said I could have a dog. Uh, yeah. Well, my one of my clients, she also does uh, hair... She's actually really good at it, I guess. Uh, and she goes, well, I'm picking between two French bulldog puppies on, like, Tuesday. How about if you come home after work and uh, help me pick out the puppy? <laughs> I don't know if I'm good at that. She goes, well, you know, you'll probably you'll probably like walking her once in a while, too, which I probably would. Uh, and, uh, you know, because I love dogs. And and so I talked to my, my girls down. You know, I have my sources. So the couple of the ladies who tend bar down on O'Neill's, are also vet, vet assistants. They went to school in Tinley and the whole bit, and they got essentially two careers. And uh, she goes, I said, what do you think about French Bulldogs? She goes, oh, no. <laughs> she goes, they're cute, they're lovable, uh, but they, they have health issues. You tell her that she needs to buy vet insurance day one, and one of the things a puppy. Because otherwise, you know, it's just going to be a, a drain. You know, hopefully not, but it's... So I'm going to have to drop that bomb on her day. I'll call her and say, hey, you know, you... Better look up some vet insurance, but uh, I mean, the, the, what happens is people get a, an emergency room thing or something. I, I don't. Maybe there are people, Jan. I don't know too many that just get a credit card and run out and buy like you know three new sofas or something, and you know put fifteen grand on their credit card and just and start paying it off at twenty five percent. I guess there's people like that out there, but I don't think there's too many. Do you? No. Maybe at one time there were more. Yeah, know, not anymore. I mean, I, you, you can't. You, I mean, I, I think I think they're emergency things for people. So, so my screw never be up here this morning between uh, delta changes and, and second derivative of the curve and chaos theory. Am I am I going down the road here or what? Oh, what could be more appropriate on the day when we got the pound at you know record lows? <laughs> when is it going to be time for us to instead of going to the local saloon like the Tripoli for us to actually get on a plane and go to London and buy our beers there and save money? <laughs> So the air ticket in too. You'll yes. see. SP futures down out twenty four. Nasdaq futures down sixty two. I'm going to now. Let me let me ask you. If I went to if I was in London on a way to Amsterdam and all of the plane landed, the seven forty seven and ninety percent of the people got off and a bunch of these cretinous little dudes came out and were cleaning up around your feet and all of a sudden the plane took off again. And you went to Amsterdam. Could I say I was in London because I was an hour on the tarmac? Well, sure. I said that about Iceland. You know, I was there four times on, on two flights back and forth to Europe via Reykjavik. So I've been in Iceland. I've been in Reykjavik. I can't say that I've ever actually, like, walked around the streets, but I've been there. Mm. Oh, God. You know, if I fly to Europe, I almost want to go one-way Icelandic because that was always kind of my dream when I was in college. Really, I should take this Icelandic like everybody else. It was the C-45, I think, when I did it two years in a row, round trip from Chicago to Luxembourg City. Well, you did a, uh, you, that was prop job, right? No, no, it was jet. And it was, 
um, it was you know lush accommodations. It was you know unlimited champagne. Oh really? And it was, that was just, and it was comfortable seats. What kind of jet? I think it was like a seven twenty seven. I think it was you know it was a good real jet. Plane. It was a real jet. But it was it was you know I I couldn't say enough good about Icelandic Airlines. I still fly them. Um, it was per- perfectly fine experience and dirt cheap. Well, they still use a seven fifty seven. Is my favorite plane. Although I think they bought some. 737 Max. I might I might have to shy off those for a while. My grandmother, her family took a trip to Ireland in 1958 on a propeller plane. You know, Aer Lingus was O'Hare to Shannon nonstop. I think it was 14 hours or 18 oh, hours. God. I can't remember. Every time I think about that, it's like I get sick. Oh, God. SP Futures down 23. we are down 60. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. The money thing, security, a nice house. Uh, I guess that's important to some people. No, it's it's not important to some people, Robbie. It's important to all people. You 
came down to this southern town last summer. Oh, everybody's Tyson Jack. Sometime out. That burn on the board. SP Futures down on 27. We just were trying to rally, but now we're going the other way again. NASDAQ Futures down 72. And all these all these indices, Jan, are bouncing right up against their, their June low. And I'm going to say that on the Qs, I'm looking at these the five-year thing here. And we're, we're, when, when, when do we start the COVID mess? We were uh, uh, three, what, three, 320, right? That sounds right. So we were... Uh, here we started to go down at one point. All right, so I remember it was uh, 220, 224. Let's see, where are we? Let's say uh, 32, we were at 208. So we're still up. We went from 208 to over 400, so we almost doubled in the queues when there basically was you know, no growth, right? So I, I want to say uh, 45% anyway. And now we're down to. 273. So <clears throat> we've given up um, virtually like, like most of that, you know, and uh, and we're, you know, we're in danger maybe of, of giving up a little more. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know that we deserve to go back to before COVID, uh, but the June lows certainly look like they're in some trouble here. It's uh, this is the hardest as as a broker, uh, Jen, as, as somebody who's supposedly giving investment advice when I say supposedly nobody really knows what tomorrow brings the last thing and the, the hardest question is somebody has a, a stack that when I like you know uh, six months ago if you were to say what's my strategy be my right first thing out of my mouth is God this thing's up so much you got we got to protect something you know let's do something let's take something off the table I mean this is more money than anybody's ever made essentially especially in when the place is shut down for God's sake I mean not only were we up so much, nothing was happening. Nobody's making any money. Well, some some places were that were that stayed open, but by and large, this is a this is a goat bleep, and, and and these stocks are up. Let's do something. Well, now, you know, if you walk in and say, "All right, I've heard you talk about Nvidia so much, so much, it's down from three something, it's trading one forty one twenty four. Now, what do I do?" Jan, there is no tougher question. I I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not as anxious to sell it at 124 as it was at 224. That I know. I mean, uh, could it go lower? Are we are we really going to go crazy here and drive ourselves back to, you know, COVID, you know, pre lows? I mean, is it going to go to 80, 75? Ugh. I mean, I, I have no idea. Jan, this is this is like now the puts are to the moon. I mean, uh, uh, you know, to to buy put insurance here, it's expensive as hell. Uh, do you need it? Not need it? You know, you might be coming to the point where uh, you might pick a number. Okay, and my, my worst guess, it's going to go to a hundred. You know, God knows why that would be the number that I would pick instead of the big guy upstairs. But say I think in my worst case, an Nvidia might be a hundred, which you know, again, I have no idea. It could be two. Um, you know, am I am I comfortable enough putting on a spread where I'll cover myself between one twenty-five and one hundred? I don't know. You know, what if it goes to eighty? Then, then, who's the genius that said it can only go to a hundred? But this, this is really tough times for everybody. I mean, right now, it, it's almost like, okay, half my house is still burning, half of it's gone. What about insuring the other half? And you, you know, it, it, this is this is really tough right here. If, if you've done nothing till now, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you do. I mean, really, I mean, I, wait, help me here. What, what, 
I would I would like to think, Tom, that, that when in the future somebody tries, or I hope a bunch of people try to analyze and write about what we have lived through here, that the one thing that will come out of it that we should never repeat is any attempt to artificially stop an economy for any reason. I don't care if it's health. I don't care if it's you know any other exigency that, that seems to require some kind of desperate measure. But when you when you close stuff down in the name of anything, what you've done is, is now made it impossible to find a good way back to where you were, assuming you want to get back there. And if you don't, well, maybe, maybe you don't agonize about it. But I think most people want to get back to something like what we had before. And I don't think there's any way to do this without kind of shattering people's confidence in a lot of stuff in the process. And this is kind of what I feared with what would happen from the lockdowns. And I hate to say that a lot of it seems to confirm my fears now. We just, just didn't know where we were going or what we were doing, and we didn't care, and we worry about it later. But we had never done such a thing before, even in the worst of times. Never, never would have thought to do it. Well, I in, in the beginning, in the be, isn't that the, some big books start out that way? In yep. the beginning, uh, I, I, I would say that the first couple of months, the first couple of weeks when we didn't know what you were dealing with, See, I, I think that everybody should have some kind of a, if you can, not everybody can, you should have some sort of a, uh, put it this way, I, I don't want United Airlines or American Airlines taking the entire profit for 10 years, staying just as leveraged as they as they are, as leveraged as they can be, and buy stock back with all their free cash flow for a decade. I want them, if they have good times, to buy some planes, they have some cash in reserve, so if all hell broke loose and I had to shut a lot of this stuff down for two weeks to a month to find out, I shouldn't have to be bailing them out. They should, you should have enough to to carry the place. I shouldn't. They shouldn't be like broke after two days. They're broke after two days because they gave themselves the money. You know that that that's wrong. So if if I were to say let's just let's shut everything down for two weeks and see what the hell we're dealing with. I think you probably would have come to some sort of a an action relatively quickly that we've got we've got to do something. The people who are working in nursing homes, we're going to bring trailers over there. They're not leaving until we figure out what to do with this because that's where most of the carnage was. Not all. I mean, I know some people that died and you know I miss them uh, that weren't in nursing homes, but some of the states, Ohio, the first few months, what forty, fifty, seventy percent of the people died in nursing homes. I mean, it was. So let you know, I, I don't have a real problem with, since we really didn't know what we had, uh, of of doing something. But then, your 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 onus right away is to make things as normal as possible. You don't. Two months later, you don't drive by, John's Blue Jean place, that's closed, and go to Target where they're selling blue jeans. You've you've got to quickly say, okay, what can we do here? You know, you can't have a million people over in Walmart and then shutting down the guy's restaurant across the street. I mean, you you got to come off it as fast as you can, even even if you did the draconian thing on day one, you've got to come kind of come off it as fast as as you as you can, and that should be kind of your goal. Not into this political crap where some people don't ever want to go back to work and everybody wants to work at home forever, and you know that I mean it it's, it starts to be million, a million cross purposes. You can't you can't let that happen. I think it's the same thing you're saying. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that you know. 
by declaring an emergency, we, we gave tremendous authority to people who didn't really know anything about the power they were given, and maybe that was behind their grab of it in the first place, because they wanted some other result that I'm still scratching my head to figure out what it might be. But we, we, we've in, enabled a whole you know, political hierarchy in this country now to think this is their right to do this. And they're still doing it, which is just, you know, we're still conducting city council meetings in Chicago via Zoom, the yeah. committee meetings. Like, well, why? Why yeah, yeah, get your, get your in there. It's because we, we decided we can do that, and there's enough, you know, push against, you know, doing an honest day's work, it seems. And, and this has now been baked into the system in a way that, how, when are we going to change it if we haven't changed well, it yet? Jan, those so, meetings are supposed to be public. And if there's Zoom, they're not. So there's the reason. Right. Oh, you would think that this violates every public meeting. Yeah. You know, nuance that I can think of. Um, and, and just as, as a digression for a moment, I mean, there's a, a very interesting column in the local newspaper here, the Northwest Press, by Russ Stewart last week, talking about the city council. And he went through a couple ward races and what's going on politically in them and so on. But the overriding thing I took away from the article was just how screwed up things are in the city council, that, that nobody trusts anybody else. There's no dress code. Nobody pays any attention to what anybody else is saying. Lightfoot gets up and bloviates to a bunch of people walking around the room looking at their phones. And this is, this is how you know, we're, we're getting this sort of response. That we're getting stuff that's really wrong with, with, with the city from the top down. I think we've kind of decided that you know this is everybody's faxing in their jobs, even for important stuff. And you've got Lightfoot, who's just obviously a micromanager. He doesn't really know that I can see what to do about the big picture she's presented with. But it made me think: when was the last time you saw any film media coverage of a city council meeting? A long time. And I mean, sometimes they were just done because it was great theater. Because you had Dick Mel, you know, standing on his desk, or somebody pounding his shoe, or daily laughing at some alderman. It was often just done to show just what a, what a carnival the whole thing was. But when there was contentious stuff going on, it was an education for people. It's like, you know, well, at least we know what the heck's happening when they go into that chamber. I wouldn't know now, except for reading articles like this one last week, that there is even is a city council. Or that they're doing yeah, it. Yeah, they're not. They're not they doing obviously it. don't want it shown to anybody because the media is helping put the kibosh on it. So I'm just no wonder we're in the mess we are because we've, we've decided this is the way meetings now should be conducted. Well, I mean, look at when you, when you have the, uh, the, the even, even the ones I watch all the time where, uh, what's his name, Paul goes in front of Congress in the meeting. I'll tell you what, Jan, if I'm chairman of that committee, I, I've been, I was chairman of the committee for 12 years at CBOE. And I think most people thought I did a pretty good job. I, I you know, I, I didn't know Robert's rules from from my behind, and uh, I'd be I'd be damned if I'm if I let you talk, get your five five minutes of face on TV, and then, then then you turn around and walk out. And at the end, if the camera isn't real clever, you're the only one talking. You're the last guy because everybody else left. That that would that would not happen if I was a chairman. Hey, if you're going to say something, you're going to have the respect for the other people here, and you're going to listen to them because they had to listen to you. I mean, I know I'd, I would be, it would be carnage out there, but you know what? Screw them if they didn't like it. You want to well, be on a committee? Kind of a, you know, this is the, the norm now because I mean, I think C-SPAN when it first came online, you know, on the air, people were kind of appalled at how little 
was actually going on, how boring it was, and how there's nobody there in these chambers. I mean, it was bad for business to see how few people actually were participating and hearing what anybody else said. Well, that's how and Newt got his start. Far worse than that in the last 40 years. That's how Newt got his start, given, given speeches on C-SPAN. That's how, he got, that's how the whole country knew about him. Right. Yeah, I got a question. And, and yet, you know, the, the image people had, it was this great deliberative body that sat there and wrapped attention to what was going on. Well, that went out the window. <laughs> well, you know, I... I I uh, want to shift gears a little bit because, of course, I had to spend some time with the, the two right wingers ganging up on me in uh, out in Orland, and, and you know, well, one of them absolutely knows everything. You know, one of those kinds of things. Uh, the other ones, you know, everything. They'll, they'll they'll never read anything from the other side. It's always just from just like a, a liberal only reads the stuff on the liberal side. Well, you're never going to learn anything. I re- by reading stuff from people who agree with you, I mean, in one, one man's opinion. So we're talking about this uh, new new uh, thing where you know the bail and all the stuff, and, and of course they're they're spouting thing out of there where if, if you don't have to put your name on something if you uh, if you uh, make a complaint about a policeman, and even if it's proven to be untrue, it never goes off the guy's record. I mean, you know, I, I haven't I haven't read the, but but I also have my judges and attorney people that I meet with a couple nights a week the other side of the story and one of the guys is an attorney and he he does criminal defense work and you know he's the one getting people out on I mean he says to me nobody's read this thing forward and backward more than I have he goes this thing is going to be it's going to be a disaster in the wrong way they're not going to let these people out they're all going to be in they're all going to be in jail It it could totally backfire the other way so I mentioned that to (laughs) <laughs> my uh, two uh, people, and they go, "Oh no, we we've read the whole." And so one of the ladies is absolutely convinced that she's read it more and more thoroughly than somebody who makes his living doing it, which I kind of challenge. Uh, but since I don't watch either one of them reading from cover to cover and haven't given them a test, I can't really accuse. John, what 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 are we doing here? I mean, I, I'd say that right now, when and I've never seen. A fear factor among the population of walking outside their door. That any hint of going easier on people instead of harder right now is really stupid politically. Not to mention, probably flat out wrong. I mean, we're, I mean that, that's just my whether this law is good or bad. I have no idea. But any people want these people that are carjacking for the fifth time. They want them somewhere and they want to throw away the key. Because they don't want to be the next person. I'm not. I don't, I'm not into throwing away the key or anything like that. But the fact is, right now we got to be getting stricter. I drive all over the place. We need more spe- more squads out there. We don't. We we need people stopping people going 100 miles an hour, mm. driving on the shoulder. We need we need to go the other way. And, and I'm not a law and order guy. The idea that that all of a sudden everybody's innocent, even even if the bill doesn't really say that, which it probably doesn't. Uh, any hint of you know that that, that these that, that somehow or another society's got to be easier on lawbreakers right now. That that's that's like a fart in church, yeah, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, and I, you, your friend may be absolutely right about the, the, you know the upshot of this will be maybe that everybody you know, everybody has bail denied. You know, they'll just be held indefinitely and given up how screwed up the court system is too. They'll be there for a long time. That could very well happen from what I, I've seen in it, too. What what also concerns me about, about the bill, though, is that, again, I mean, the, the whole 
the accountability, which is what A, you know, safety in this act and the acronym stands for. I always get nervous when I see accountability as something we're striving for because it depends on who's accountable to whom and for what, which is, you know, a slippery slope if oh, you're God, on yeah. the wrong side of it. But um, it, the, the scrutiny that police will be under, and they're already under probably more scrutiny than the size of the police force we have can sustain because we've got such a reduced force in Chicago as in any big city now. And you, you put more scrutiny on how they do their job. Of course, they've got a tougher job now with fewer people to do it. Um, and now you put you know all this stuff in, in the way of letting them do the job that they think, you know, on a day-to-day basis, this is what needs to be done in this situation. If it's excessive force, well, we'll take that you know chance here because look at what we're dealing with. That, that isn't going to fly at all. It, it isn't flying right now, but it'll be much harder for any cop to, I think, get a fair shake once this thing goes into effect, that has me more concerned you know, than really the likelihood of everybody just being turned out of the jails. I think that police morale is going to absolutely collapse. And, and that seems to be what the act is really designed to do, is to show the police that you're not the boss anymore. Well, you know, that's okay if you've got a lot of police and they're all fully trained and they all do their job as, as well as they can. You don't have to make life or death decisions that they're not going to be backed up on. But this the kind of police force we have now is going to take this, I think, for what it's really designed to do and walk away. And then we've got a mess that no safety act is going to fix. Well, right now, this year, year to date, we have 49, four, this is in Chicago, four, 489 people shot and killed, uh, 2,268 shot and wounded for a total of 2,757. Uh, police involved shootings. Guess how many killed and how many wounded? Three, wound, three killed. One killed, 14 okay. wounded. So if anybody, anybody, were to think for a second that the police are the problem, I, I, I just point you to the numbers. I mean, what do we... I, I would say that... God, I, I don't want to say I'd be happier, but I, I wouldn't be happier. But I would like to see... If this is going to continue, where people just shoot out of cars at people, I would I would like to see thirty of those people. If they won't stop when the police tell them to, I don't want that car going down the block shooting at other people. I want the thing riddled, don't I? Yep. I mean, I, I, the thought I, that I want—I mean, I—I I don't ever want to see anybody shot. I don't want to—I don't see anybody arrested. I, but this—this this is insanity. That there's zero fear of open. Well, pull down your window and shoot anywhere you feel like shooting. We don't, we don't, <laughs> two weeks ago, I go meet my attorney buddies and they go, well, it's a new low last week at 35 people shot and nobody arrested. How do I do any business? It's like, <laughs> I don't even have a client. <laughs> I'm a defense attorney. <laughs> Nobody's arrested. I mean, how do you, I, you know. And, 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 well, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> You know, nobody's arrested. How do we? How do we get? Any, but you know, as part of this, there, there's always something else, Jan. This is what I try to, I, I try and bring. This a lot of this has to do with there wasn't a jury trial for what eighteen months, two years. Yep. Right now, if these people got to work on Saturday, Sunday, I don't think anybody should sit in jail for two years waiting for a trial. So I don't know that bail was the answer. Uh, or, or home confinement, because I don't think anybody tr- tracks these guys down home confinement. 
But the, the fact is, sitting for two years in county jail waiting for your trial, when I'm going to say some percentage of the people are innocent, that's not right either. So, I mean, you can't. it's not just one thing. It's always a big picture thing. Now, are these guys ever going to catch up on these trials, or are they just going to write back to their six weeks vacation after we were two years off? I mean, I mean what are we doing here? Is, is the whole thing... My, my guys tell me that the entire, the, the, the traditional way of, of uh, convicting people is absolutely broken. You can't hang on to a witness for two years, especially if it's a gangbanger in this incident, because somebody gets to him. You, if, if you don't, right now it's if you don't have DNA or if you don't have something on camera, it's not going to trial. The person's just let go. Because you're, you're not going to, you're not going to wait a year and then hope all the witnesses show up like, like on Perry Mason. It's not happening. The whole, the whole community can service about, I saw that guy shoot somebody, and I'm going to put my name forward, and I'm going to wait around two years for somebody not to come shoot me before the trial. That, none of these people have any thought that law enforcement can protect them over that period of time or and after. It's just, so the, the entire system is broken down, in one man's opinion, or in their opinion, not mine. I, I would agree with you completely. So I don't know. I don't know how you deal with that. Do you? I mean, even though we got a bazillion cameras, they don't seem to have picked up the the difference. I mean, I mean, I know people here that have gone to criminal trials, going back. You know, like Larry here uh, helps me with the trading a lot, but not a lot, a real lot. And uh, um, he's somehow or another, a couple times I've been on jury duty. I was either Civic Center, or I was Harwood Heights one time, John of all places. Uh, that's that's before you get a day the day off kind of thing. I only got called once since then. I called the night before and they didn't want me. But Larry's been on a couple of, he was on a murder trial and he was on a trial where, where somebody got whacked the face with a hatchet. Well, that was interesting. But there were witnesses and all, you know, all, there's, I don't think there's any of that. No, not any of it, but not very much of it. I think that the, the, the intimidation that a, a witness, uh, assuming a witness who hasn't already you know, been killed yeah. you know, to, to protect the guilty parties, who's willing to testify, the pressure that's put on that person, um, given the power of, of the gang and the gang structure that we have now, I think they have the information and they have the power to prevent people from testifying like we can't even conceive. And, you know, we, people like like to think about, oh, you know, witness protection and, you know, it, it, this is like fantasy stuff. The real world now is that there is so much so much opportunity and so much, you know, targeted, you know, hitting of people who have information yeah. that, that, that's going to be used in a trial. That um, it's it just, it, and people are already fr- frightened of the gangs just in their day-to-day life. If they get in any kind of situation where they have a name of somebody that, that's going to, you know, involve them getting up in court and saying this name, forget it. This is what nobody really wants to think about. Just you know how the gangs have gotten the upper hand. Not just in, in the victims of the crime, but in the people who are useful to the system in getting these people off the street. I, I, I don't think anybody really wants to know how, how unfair the balance is now. No, I, 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 I if I told you my uh, my one of my new cop buddies insisted that I report uh, that break into my garage, even though nothing was taken. No, no, you got to report that because even if it's just on the paper, at least. Somebody will know if it happens a couple other places or if it happens to you again. There's been a history to it. You don't, you don't ever want to not report something. So he actually called me over the phone and took the whole thing down over the phone and sent me the report and everything, which is nice of him. Uh, I just, I, 
I because nothing was taken. I figured, what's the point? We're not going to go looking for anybody. I mean, what's the? It's not like guys are going to come out like on TV and go through my truck looking for fingerprints. You know, we, we they don't do any of that stuff. I mean, I mean, I mean, any any thought of what you see in CSI Miami is going on in the real world. I mean, forget it. I mean, there was uh, a gang hit in my neighborhood two years ago. I I had made the first nine one one call, as it turned out, because I, I lived really close to where it happened, and I knew the kid was killed. Um, and they gave my name, you know, phone number when I called in, and, and the detective called me about a week later, asked me for everything I knew about uh, the event, and I told him, you know, what I saw beforehand, what I heard. I wasn't much help, but that next day I talked to my neighbor who he had driven behind the car that held the killer and he was just leaving the neighborhood at the moment when this thing occurred he saw the car he got identified so i i asked him I said, would you please call this detective i, I told him there might be other people i know who can help you out with information you, you could really give this guy something that can help him track down some leads these are really good tips and my neighbor said oh i'm sorry i can't do that i, I yeah i'm, I'm not no. going to do that i, I can't Nobody can force the person to do that. No. But I said, well, there's still been no arrests, as far as I know, no suspects. Um, and in a way, I can't blame what my neighbor told me. Did he have a plate? You know, if I had good information, I don't know if I'd really want to, you know, think I could ever live a normal life again, holding that information and being asked to use it in a in a court. You know, Did he have a plate? Do you know? Do you ask him that? What's that? What's that? Did he have a plate? Well, he had a plate, and he did. He, uh, he had a couple of the digits, even. He oh. didn't have the whole n- number, but he knew the, the color. He knew the make of the thing. He knew what direction it went in. You know, and the, the, there was another car. Apparently, they dropped somebody off and picked up the shooter. So there were two cars involved, which is, I think, it's the way a lot of this is done yeah. now to prevent. You know. So you were one of those guys. I state your name. I state my name. You know, one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, you know, that's just the way it happens, and you know, you know. Law and order, maybe, but you know, in the real yeah. world, I think people no, don't it's realize that the, the the people out to terrorize us are in control of, of all of this. And well, you, you, you got to ask yourself: aren't treated any better than the victims? Well, if it was me, I mean, I, I try and think that I would help out, but I look at the amount of convictions. There, there's none. I mean, right. why do I want to put my name in a system where no, they never they never convict anybody? Right, all the anguish you know, and fear to do that for for what? Yeah, yeah it's a uh, proposition for for I think any thinking person. So uh, you got your Super Bowl tickets for Dub Bears? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been burned before. <laughs> Did you hear about the uh, what's the name of the hot dog stand? Did you hear it on the way in, Manny? Uh, hmm. uh, they if the Bears made the playoffs, they give everybody a free hot dog. And they actually went to some insurance company and, and bought an insurance policy. And <laughs> it now the insurance company's worried. <laughs> uh. I I I don't think we're there yet. But <laughs> this, is, this is the McCaskey way. I guess. I guess. <laughs> SP futures down twenty one. Nasdaq futures down fifty two. Be right back, Miss Nancy Graham. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading 
ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Howell, Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down 26. I thought we were rallying, we're not. And NASDAQ Futures down 62. Dow Futures down 143. They were down over 200. So we've limped back a little bit. Still, uh, the, 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 the whole screen is a sea of red, except for the U.S. dollar and the uh, interest rates. Are, they're up. Actually, Alibaba's up 70 cents. Other than that, VIX is up 32.24. It's just getting serious. The VIX, uh, Managed to hang low for a long time with the sell-off, but now all of a sudden it's it's going up pretty pretty dramatically every day. Uh, over in Europe, we've got DAX only down 11.1 percent, FTSE down 51.7 percent, CAC around down 13.2 percent. Uh, the bonds, 10 years up nine basis points, 3.78. That's uh, uh that's two-year Treasuries up to 4.3. Uh, so these these continue to go up every day. Uh, the Bund. Up nine basis points, 2.12. I never thought I'd see the bond over. It got, was like negative one last year at this time. So, say, I don't think their portfolio looks so good over there in the European Central Bank. Uh, Japan up one to 0.25. Uh, yesterday, yesterday, Friday, that was down 486. Uh, S&P down 64. NASDAQ down 198. That's after a pretty seri- serious rally. The last hour was looking really ugly for a while. 
I was kind of hoping they weren't going to pull the rug out from under it, and they did not. So I guess that was good news on Friday, at least. Asia, Nikkei down 722, 2.7%. Shanghai down 37, 1.2%. Hang Seng only down 78, but we're under 18,000. 17,855. This thing was, a couple years ago, it was like 32,000. It's almost like Japan, for God's sake. Uh, oil down 42 cents only. It was down more than that earlier. That's 78.32. Brent down 50 cents, 85.65. Natural gas down 20 cents, 662. It was over $9. I'm going to say. 10, 15 trading days in a row. That thing is amazingly volatile. Uh, Arbop down two cents to 236. Gold nobody likes gold either. Down 480, 1650. Silver down seven cents, 1883. Copper down one cent, 332. Whatever it is, it's going down. Uh, crypto down 890, only eight bucks, 18,919. But again, hanging by a thread as to where people think mm. you have to sell. Uh, the early margin problem is there. The big news, however, really is the. The euro, euro is down 28 basis points to 96 cents versus our dollar. Hmm. And the, 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 German, or the British pound is 108. I think it touched 104. If that goes down to parity, I don't think it's ever been parity. Uh, Matt, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Good morning. Currently 7.38 a.m. on Monday, September 26, 2022. Uh, traffic currently in Chicago. Uh, overall, uh, pretty light right now, but we're looking at some uh, uh, accident right now north on the Stevenson uh, earlier. Uh, we mentioned a rolled-over empty dump truck at Cicero. It's still causing delays up to 10 minutes, so keep that in mind. Is it uh, empty now or is it empty before it rolled over? Oh, empty, empty entirely. Oh, right. That's right. Uh, weather in Chicago currently, uh, clear skies, though don't let it fool you because you may need to break out that jacket. We're currently at 50 degrees, so a little chilly. Uh, and expect that chill to continue throughout the day with a high of 66 and a low of 49. Down in Phoenix, though, a different story. Mostly cloudy, currently 75 degrees, a high of 104, and a low of 75. In the MLB on Sunday, Cubs beat Pittsburgh Pirates 8-3. The White Sox lost to Detroit Tigers 4-1. And the Diamondbacks were up against the San Francisco Giants. Diamondbacks end up losing 2-3. Yesterday in the NFL, Sunday football, Packers played Buccaneers, and the Packers won 14-12. Cardinals beat LA Rams 20-12. And the Bears surprising viewers with a win against the Texans. Tied at 20-20 by the end of the third quarter, Roquan Smith's interception set up a successful field goal for Cairo Santos in the fourth quarter, getting the Bears their win of 23-20. Bears currently at two wins to one loss this 2022 season. Tonight, though, Cowboys at Giants. Catch that at 7.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. So for now, Chief, back to you. Do we have Miss Nancy? Yes, you do. Are you all hung over after your Bears victory? <laughs> <coughs> no, I'm not. Well, that's good. <laughs> I only expected them to win three games. I gave it, moved it up to four after they won the first one. So I'm still at four, and people are complaining because they don't think Justin Fields is the quarterback of the century. And... um I'm like, hey, so I expected him to win three. They're at least meeting our expectations. Well, the, as the fans, as Danny Callahan used to say in the pit when guys were complaining, the snipes, the snipes are grousing. Very Irish, <laughs> very Irish, uh, very Irish line. The uh, very true. I mean, no matter what, we're, we're grousing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Bears are. Uh, they seem to be, you know, at least playing with enthusiasm and. Uh, and, you know, they, they kind of looked out yesterday because the other team isn't very good. But uh, they were two mediocre teams, and they came out with the win. So what else, you know, 
I still can't believe it. And, and plus, they played, plus they played Lovey, which you couldn't believe the beard. I can't get over the beard. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I just, uh, <laughs> man, he's got the he's got the, the head totally shaved. Then he's got this white beard starting right where your sideburns normally would end. Yeah. And, and it's got to be, what, six inches long and it's white, oh. as, white as can be. Yeah. Kind of going for that Rip, yeah, but Rip Van Winkle look. right around the mouth. Yeah, yeah. it's black right around the mouth. I don't know if he's doing I don't know if he's doing that on purpose or what, but I always liked Lovey. I, you know, he's a good enough guy. The only problem with Lovey yeah. in Chicago is he wasn't controversial enough. Doesn't, it's not like the guy doesn't know how to coach football. I mean, he obviously does. He was a big star in Big Sandy, Texas, came out of there. Hmm. Uh, I don't think anybody ever says anything bad about him, you know, in terms of personally. I think he's okay. Hope he does well down there. Yeah. It's just uh, I still can't get over you watching the Detroit game? I still can't get over the ending of that game. The coach is, uh, I don't know. Why he didn't punt that ball, I have no idea. Uh, anyway. Oh, I did see that. I did see that. That that was brutal. Yeah. What if what yeah, if we had what, what if we had scratch on Detroit? We 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 would not be happy. No, they, well, it just goes to show you there are worse things than the Bears. So are, are you like the, uh, <laughs> the hot dog stand at um, free mortgages if the Bears make the playoffs? Uh, you know what? I think anybody could make a commitment for anything free because that's never going to happen. <laughs> By the way, Chief, I don't that, uh, need to buy the insurance policy either. I'm I'm pretty confident it would work. That that hot dog stand found it. It's the it's the the famous Wiener Circle. Yeah, north here. Where, where is it? That's a uh, oh god, it's uh, it's got to be. Uh, it's give me an address or something. I think yeah, I've we'll been there. An yeah, it's a good place. Good place. I've been there a couple times. All right, Nance, we we've 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 BSed enough. What what is the what is the carnage in the real estate world with people sitting there for the last five years with three percent <laughs> loans and. Now they're over six and they can never move. What 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 is what is what is the where's this all going to end? It's going to take. Uh, there's going to be a period of adjustment, and that period of adjustment is going to last, you know, till at least the spring. I think February, March. I don't think anybody can do anything right now. There's there's in shock. Uh, the only people who are going to move probably are. People getting divorced, and or people getting divorced, or people purchasing. Well, if you're, if you're, I just if you're don't di- see how you're going to you're going to generate someone to be really enthusiastic about selling your home, leaving a three percent rate, and then moving into a six or at least a six percent rate. Um, well, if you're going to get, if you just bought the place. You're going to get mm-hmm. screwed one of two ways if you got to move. Either the, the prices are going to come down enough that the next place you buy it won't cost you that much more, but what do they just do to the value of the place you just bought? Ugh. You know, I'm not sure because um, I've got a friend who's selling her house up here and moved, wants to move to Florida, and um, she's asking, I think, 354 something like that, and it, it's, a, it's a home that, you know, we originally would not see at that pricing. So it'll be interesting to see what it sells for now. But there's low inventory, so. Well, I, mean, I think there's there's a lot of, of, of pocket areas, and Audrey says the same thing, that, that the, you know, the, the prices aren't going down that much. Now, Alan, who's trying to find a place down in, I think he's in Charleston, South Carolina or someplace, he's the prices are dropping by the day. Um, could, really? Well, from the asking prices are because everybody had their, the asking price is way up there and maybe one or two traded 
but they never really and now they're all coming down to something more realistic but I mean uh, just in, in a way of you know any kind of you know price theory which nobody understands more than you that if if the rates double the the four hundred and sixteen thousand dollar median home price in the country is not going to stay at four sixteen. I don't think it's going to go to two, but it, it's surely not going to be. It'll it's going to be three fifty, pretty damn fast, it, it, on its way to somewhere, because I mean, people just can't mm-hmm. afford that. I mean, I mean of, I mean how many people in the last three years and Nancy does a big business and is very inventive and uh, and is pretty good at getting people into places. How many of those people could be in their place if it was six percent and not three, Nance? None, no, no, not none of the people that I have like really worked and just to no end would not be in. No, Mm-mm. and they're as this continues, they're they're not relaxing the standards either. So um, they don't want a repeat of two thousand eight, seven, two thousand eight. So I think they're just trying very hard to hold the line, and I don't know where that's going to lead. I, I guess my question to you would be, you've seen this before, when the Fed keeps raising these rates uh, to stop inflation and then start unemployment, what's going to happen after that? Well, I think that, first of all, to me, they're just getting back to equilibrium. The mistake was in going low in the first place. If mortgages, well, everybody would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, if mortgages were always six the whole way through, and the prices were priced accordingly, I don't think anybody, including you, would have a problem, would you? No, no, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. No. It's it's the it's the rapid change is what is what's <laughs> eviscerating people, right? I mean, it's. I mean, but I know when I when I bought my place in uh, Beverly way back in the day. I think I had a mortgage of like I don't know ten, twelve, but the price was really low, and I, and I, you know, I just refinanced it a couple of times. I wasn't there that long, but I mean, this, I don't, I don't think. Let's put it this way: I don't know how much of this is hope and how much of this is is logic, Nance. I don't think the the issues are as bad in terms of everybody going to get laid off right away, or people are going to have to go out of town to get a to get a job and have to sell their house. I don't think the leverage is anywhere near as bad as it was in 2007-8. Still, if somebody okay. if somebody just bought a place for you know 350 at 3% and the uh, husband and wife assuming they're, you know, both working, you no, know, you don't not always that way, but if they're if they're just getting there and all of a sudden one of them gets a job offer from, you know, Tulsa or someplace, the 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 moving the moving spreads going to be pretty dramatic. I mean, if you have to sell this place, buy another place at six percent, you better be getting one hell of a raise to move to Tulsa, right? That is correct. Because it's just a money losing proposition. Yeah, I mean, it's just you just can't. Especially if you get there and don't like it. Right. Well, if if somehow you can, I'll use a trader's term, if you can scratch your place, um, it, if you had a guess average person if there is such a thing and I know I, th- I know where you guys are all in Tinley at Southwest area although you, you can do mortgages anywhere uh, I don't think you ever went crazy to the upside so I don't know if you have the same kind of risk to the downside as some places but let's say for instance somebody bought a place for 400 where are we September I say September mm-hmm. of last year 
What are the chances of them getting out for 400 today? I mean, is there is there any chance or 390, 380, somewhere closer? Oh, no, I think they can get out. I think they can get out. I just think it's going to be, the longer this goes on, the, the more we get away from getting out at the 400. Yeah. I don't know what it'll look like six months from now. That's why I'm asking for your expertise on that. Well, <coughs> I've seen it happen before, but also every time is different. You know, what's the impetus? If all of a sudden everybody gets laid off because they're going to some horrendous recession, now it's, a, now it's a whole different program. Now we're talking about, you know, it was like 2008, where people, they bought a house for 280 and now it's 170 and they have to move. And by the way, they put a full 20. I mean, everybody talks about, well, I'd love your opinion on this. I'll give mine. But everybody talks about 2007, 2008 as, as, as you know, as, the, as the, 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 you know, the guy who shouldn't have gotten a mortgage in the first place. It's always some, you know, some low-end dude should never have gotten the mortgage. But I'm going to say, Nance, that most of the real damage was in regular people putting down their 20%. They either saved up for it, a parents gave them or whatever, buying a house at 230 and two years later was worth 190 and her 40 was gone. And that was their entire nest egg. I mean, I think most of the damage was for regular people paying regular down payments and getting crucified by it. Is that, you agree with that or not? I, 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 think, it was, I think it was a combination of that. I think there were, I think the initial damage, the initial domino started falling for what you originally said, which was that the um, some people were into things they shouldn't have been into. Probably more investor homes started going, okay? But once you got into then this new phase of people who did put the 20% down, just lost their job, couldn't keep up, that started. And then we just had... So let's say it was a third of uh, t- a third of the first, a third of the second, and then we had just had this last third where they just joined the bandwagon because they wanted something for free. Well, and then that's what started the chaos because they tell you you have to be in default in order to get a loan modification. So just don't pay for six months. Well, if I if I was one of the people lucky enough or dumb enough or whatever to get in at a one percent down payment. And everything goes right the wrong way. It wouldn't be my personality, but I can. I'm not. I'm not really hurt, <coughs> right? But right. The, the 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 regular person, you know, you, you and wifey saved up fifty grand for this joint, plunked it down, and all of a sudden, six months later, it's worth fifty thousand less than you bought it for. That's the person hurt. Correct. But they weren't. The, they weren't. They were not one hundred percent of what was going on. No, no, they no. Were probably about a third of what was going on. But those are those are the people that you wiped out their balance sheet. And I, I the whole time, all I did, Nance, was talk about it. You, there's there's uh, income statement recessions, and there's balance sheet almost depressions. If if you and I are working away, and all of a sudden we both get laid off, and Whatever we have to do, I don't know if anybody wants me tending bar or you being a waitress these days, but we could do it, I suppose. I mean, we have to go to that for a while. We, we have to scramble, and, and, and maybe if we're renting somewhere, we rent a premier place or whatever. We'll work our way through. That's not the same as I, I liken the 2007 and eight thing more to like the depression than any. Re- I mean, I've been through, so have you, a bunch of recessions where mm-hmm. you, get, you get laid off or you don't get overtime or something. For two, three weeks, and hopefully your savings works through it. You go get a part-time job. You go paint some houses. You do something. I mean, that's you know, that's that's our group, right? But correct. And but that's not the same 
is saving up four grand in 1932, and and, and, and Grandma Nancy going up to the bank, you know, she comes back with a bloody nose because the door hit her in the nose, and her savings are gone. That, that, that's a whole different story than being laid off a month. And I think that's what that's happened correct. in 2007, 2008. You, you wiped out people's whole balance sheet. Their whole equity was in their house, and now it's gone. That, that, that's a lot different than being laid off for a month. Correct. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get the feeling that this time it's going to be that much of a balance sheet hit. Because maybe I think people hopefully will be able to wait it out more this time or something. I, I, don't, I really hope I don't see the, the, broad, the broad layoffs. I mean, clearly in your industry they're happening, right? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, absolutely. I, you know, and I know in my nephew's business, and he's in the machinery stuff, that they, they, they can't hire, they can't find people. But the chances of somebody being laid off at, at one of your mortgage offices and the guy going and, and operating a machine two weeks from now are, are pretty slim, I'm thinking. Correct. Well, I don't know, because, like, for people are asking, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, right? And I said, well, mortgages are mortgages. There's always the reverses, which no one ever talks about. And I said, there will be an answer to this. And, I mean, if you have to, you could always do DoorDash, right? Fill in for a month or two. You could do something. Right. You can even volunteer in a hospital and meet more people. I mean, just... You're not going to just sit here and do nothing. Your life is going to continue. I'm not so sure I get on the bike and uh, that, that, that child might be cold by the time I got there. Mm. Just thinking. <laughs> mm. See the guys down here with the big thing on the back of the bike that's supposed to keep up stuff warm? Oh, yeah. I think if it's, mm-hmm. if it's two below zero and it's, when I'm delivering your pizza, you better be able to warm that up somewhere. Just mm-hmm. saying. No, you're just going to bring the, the uh, air fryer with you. <laughs> so, so what I mean I, normally when I say normally in the last couple of years how many mortgages are you working on every week like 10 and now now what's the number oh my god be lucky. I mean you're lucky right a lot of people are lucky if they just have one or two a month really that's going to be it and the realtors that do the um selling you the home and the financing, they're the ones that'll probably, you know, have survived or do okay. Um, other than that, boy time, it's just up in the air right now. And, and this is normally a slow time anyway, so I mean, it's not the end of the world to anybody in the industry, it's to the backup people behind me, it's the processors, it's the underwriters, it's the closers, it's a person who actually sells the loans over at the family. They're the ones that aren't going to have the volume that they'll start splitting jobs up. You know, two people. In other words, with two job of two people will not go down into one. Well, one of these days, you you and your friend are going to have to sneak down here and have an adult beverage because a couple of people that I have been known to see after work are in the uh, mortgage service businesses and and all the people that mm-hmm. like aren't paying and the foreclosures and all, and they are they're kind of revving up to having like. Uh, a really good era here. <laughs> They've got investors that are looking to buy places, and that's a whole other that's a whole other area that uh, uh, they're they're looking to scoop. Like I won't say like a bunch of vultures, but I guess I just did. Um, but no, th- I think you're just describing that they're that's their business, that's their opportunity, and they people have to have a place to live. Well, you know, they every every one of these, and I'm not sure every single one of their people, but every state is so different on winging and. Uh, <clears throat> 
winging people out of places and stuff. We have to know like fifty different sets of laws. They, right. One guy, one guy was saying, well, he, he said the the worst state to get anybody out is New York by far. Then Massachusetts. Really? Oh yeah. Then Massachusetts is. Uh, said if you can play the game in New York, one guy. I mentioned this last week. Maybe some guy called him up and he said, "Well, you know, uh, well, with some COVID or something else, he goes, do I get another few months, you know, on my mortgage?" And the guy goes, "You haven't paid in eleven years. <laughs> what, what do you care? <laughs> they, you can't. <laughs> evidently, if you they had they have like I'm not giving people advice on how to do this because I don't even know how to do this in Illinois. They had like four or five people's names on the deed." And every time it got to a point where after a couple of years they could actually throw people out, they uh, one person would declare bankruptcy. And then, I and then, that would, that, well, then that would throw it in a bankruptcy court. Then it would work its way through for another two years, and one of the other people would declare bankruptcy. I, I could never be this sneaky, Nancy. I, I, I got to go back. I got instead of going to Notre Dame or Chicago, I go to the University of Sneaky or something. Because I think, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just not. I, I wouldn't even dream of something like that. My DNA just doesn't allow it. But, but, but you know, what I didn't realize is these mortgage service people. Even if it's your your job to like get the place and maybe sell it to somebody else, you got to pay all the taxes. Because you can't let the thing right. get in arrear tax wise. I, I didn't realize that a tax lien, if somebody buys it for taxes, you can get ahead of the mortgage and buy it without the mortgage. In so many states, did you know that? No, you can't do that here. No, I mean, some states you can if the if the, if if you pay the taxes and the, and the person never all of a sudden they never come and get it when it comes your turn, you just buy it for the taxes. And the, if the mortgager doesn't step up and the the, the guy who owns the mortgage, that's why the people on the mortgage usually pay the taxes, even if even if the well, other person doesn't. Is, well, now there's there's a difference in what you're saying. The, the people that are buying the taxes, the mortgage has first lien. So if if in fact they have the right to buy those taxes from you, and then that will they they still have that right to do that. If right. a mortgage servicer, if a mortgage person doesn't buy the taxes out, they're insane because they lose the property. Yeah, they'll just lose it then. It's weird. But that is correct. It's weird. You shouldn't. You should never do that. And that's why right now a lot of people are um, um, you have your first mortgage, and then go get a home equity line of credit. And it's amazing to me. People always say, "Well, that's not a mortgage." Yes, it is a mortgage. It's a lien against your house. And if, in fact, you default on the second, okay, the um, the first mortgage person has the right to um, do nothing. The second mortgage person has to buy it if they want their money back. They have to buy out the first and take on the whole thing. Otherwise, really? that whole second mortgage just goes away. Well, how, how different is this? These guys make it sound like every, every single state's total, totally different brand of ball. I don't know, Tom, because the, the bottom line is if, you know, all these are owned by Fannie or Freddie, they're not stupid. I mean, they're going to buy out, they're going to buy those taxes back. Yeah. I, I, I do not believe that the taxes have, they, they can never come before the first, never. Well, Unless the home is free and clear. Then they could buy the check for the taxes. Well, that's why I'd love to have you guys have a, an adult beverage with these guys because I think the answer is in some states the answer is yes if you don't pay them, which is weird yeah. to me too. Anyway, Nance, thank you. Yeah, what do we, uh, give, give us a shameless plug. What's phone number and everything? 
Okay, Nancy Vaughn Graham, 708-341-9601. I do mortgages, and I now do reverse mortgages. So let me know if you need any help. And, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you what, I will say this, Nancy is the best. The she and Audrey combo, you guys are a pretty tough team. Hmm. It's a, a, I agree. When we work together, we're really good. The SP Futures down. Hey, the rally here. Nance, did you buy your spoos? <laughs> we're down only down 11. Did you buy them before you came on the air? Nancy Futures only down six. We might actually have an update. Who knows? That'd be nice. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. You have to be closing all the time.